The New Jersey Devils keep finding ways to win, and they are playing dominant hockey. The Philadelphia Flyers are on a 10-game losing streak and looking to turn things around, while the Pittsburgh Penguins seem to have righted the ship and are back on the winning track. We've got all that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. The New Jersey Devils are one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. And with us to talk about that and all things Devils, Trey Matthews. And Trey, uh, Jack Hughes, his first career hat trick. This team just keeps finding ways to win. We don't just find ways to win. We're just legitimately that good. So it's not you like are. it's not like the Devils are winning, like with all due respect, it's not like the Devils are winning one to nothing or no. two to one, or it's not like it's like fluke victories. They're they're legitimately thrashing the competition and the scoreboard shows it the last time they played the Washington Capitals, coming out victorious by a score of five to one. And you're right, Jack Hughes getting his first career hat trick, that was huge, but I want to focus more on how Jack Hughes gets uh, those goals because it seems like his precision, his location, just the timing of uh, just finding the back of the net. Jack Hughes, um, he, he is just amazing, and he has arrived now. So the former first overall pick is finally trying to show the league why he's a superstar and why, out of his buddies Cole Caulfield and Trevor Zegras, why he is the best one of them all. He has taken it to another level this season, and it's great to see. You know, the thing that one of the things, there are many that impressed me about the Devils, they lose, the, the winning streak comes to an end in controversial fashion against Toronto, and yet it doesn't seem to bother them. They bounce back quickly, get back on, on the winning track, and, and I think that shows a lot of maturity for this team. Talk to me a little bit about that. So it's funny you mentioned that because I recently had a credentialed New Jersey Devils writer up here on my show. Her name is Christy Flannery. She uh, covers the New Jersey Devils for the hockey writers. And she basically says inside the locker room, the Devils are never too high on themselves after a victory. And they're never too low on themselves after a loss. And uh, that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, you said in controversial fashion is an understatement. Having three goals waved off. Murray basically uh, should have been given a delay of game penalty for knocking the net purposely to, to try to get a, a whistle blown or just a pause of action. So you, in controversial fashion, like you just said, is definitely an understatement. But this team is different because you start to see some of the leadership uh, just break out a little bit. So it might not show in the score sheet, but someone like Brendan Smith, he is very valuable towards the Devils roster because of what he does in the locker room, I know Andre Palat's been sidelined since uh, early on this season. He had groin surgery, but I'm, I still uh, don't doubt that he has some sort of voice in that locker room and is just communicating with the team one way or another, whether that's in practice, whether that's behind the scenes somewhere, outside the rink, whatever the case might be. So it, it's just the veteran leadership just coming together. Nico Heischer, he's a lot more polished. Jack Hughes is starting to 
uh, ha- control his energy just a little bit more. Jesper Bratt is still one of the more underrated players in the NHL in my eyes, but he's starting to show everyone what he's capable of. But I want to give a shout-out to Vitek Vanacek because Vitek Vanacek has exceeded my expectations. Now, do I think he could possibly uh, win the Vesna Trophy? Absolutely not. It, it, it would be very unlikely, and it would be a very uphill battle for him. And it would probably be the most like, wait, where did he come from? Best <laughs> trophy winner in recent memory. But Vitek Vanacek is one of the reasons why the New Jersey Devils are in the position that they're currently in. So it's just a great team effort. So whether it's on the defensive side of things with Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Siegenthaler, or John Marino, Ryan Graves, whatever the case might be, or on the offensive side of things, our baby big three in Nico Keisher at the helm of it, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, and then for goaltending, Vitek Vancheck and Lindy Ruff, I guess you can teach an, an old dog new tricks, whatever the case might be, getting his 800th career win. So it's just been some sort of phenomenon in Newark, New Jersey, and everything just seems to be coming together for the Devils in these recent stretch of games. You know, you mentioned Vitek Vanacek, and he is playing outstanding. But talk to me about Akira Schmidt. Who is this guy? Most NHL fans probably don't know much about him. So here's the thing about Schmidt. Uh, He did absolutely horrendous last year. And here's the thing. We knew he had potential because he did well in Utica, which is where the Devils AHL team, the Utica Comets, uh, play. But the, the problem is we rushed him last year because Mackenzie Blackwood was out with injury. Jonathan Bernier was out with injury, so we had to bring up Nico Dawes and Akira Schmidt. And Nico Dawes was actually our best goalie last year, and Akira Schmidt just struggled mightily. So this time around, the Devils, once again, had no choice but to bring up Akira Schmidt because Mackenzie Blackwood hurt once again. And then uh, Jonathan Bernier, he was set to return in around American Thanksgiving time. We're, we're past that now, and now we're creeping into the Christmas season. And there's still no word about Jonathan Bernier and his overall uh, set to return to action. But we had to bring up Akira Schmidt. And I'll I'll admit, I was a little hesitant about it because I'm just like, oh, here we go again. We're rushing him back up. He's not going to showcase anything. It's going to be a disaster. The New Jersey Devils, they they probably should look for a trade or maybe look for someone in the buyout market. Just somebody because I was worried that Akira Schmidt was going to repeat what he did last year. But... If you don't know who Akira Schmidt is, you know what? You're not alone in that regards. But he has surprised me, similar to Vitek Vanacek. And Akira Schmidt is right now making a case for himself as to why maybe it should be him and Vitek Vanacek moving forward. And it it really does raise the overall question. What's going to happen when both Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier return from being injured? Like, how's this situation going to work? Because I think Vitek Vanacek, I think he solidified the starting position. Now, how's it going to work behind him? If I had to make a guess, I'd say that Mackenzie Blackwood, he's the veteran out of all those goalies. He's been around the team the longest. So I still think as long as he's under contract with the Devils, as long as he's wearing a Devils sweater, he will have a role with the Devils at either as a starter or a backup. So Mackenzie Blackwood's going to get that backup role as soon as he returns to from injury. And then for Akira Schmidt, unfortunately, despite what he's been doing, I think you have to play out Jonathan Bernier. But we, like I said, this is like best case scenario. I don't know what Jonathan Bernier's situation is, but if Jonathan Bernier were to uh, hypothetically come back this season, you might have to play out the rest of his contract, which is just just this season. Let Akira Schmidt go back down to Utica, just um, continue to grow, develop, and blossom down there, and he'll be even uh, more ready 
come next year. But Akira Schmidt, exceeded my expectations, didn't do too well last year, but he's he's making a legitimate case for himself as to why he should be the backup goalie for Devils going forward. He is playing lights out. The one area that perhaps the Devils have struggled at over the course of the season is the power play. I hate to nitpick, but it's maybe the only negative thing you could say about this team right now, uh, the inconsistency with the extra attacker. What's happening there? Okay, it's just basically what I've been saying the entirety of this season. Their execution is not there. Their game planning is there. So when I'm seeing the power play, especially with the first unit out there, I'm seeing that the Devils are creating those decent looks for themselves, but they're just not capitalizing on them. Now, there's been a couple times this season where the power play has indeed come up clutch for the Devils. So uh, something that comes to mind is that they were in the power play situation in an overtime victory against the Ottawa Senators. Um, so that that comes to mind. So it it's there when they need it, but for the most part, you're right, the consistency is not quite there yet, but I think the Devils can sleep well at night knowing that their penalty kill is actually pretty good, and their power play, it'll come into fruition, but the game planning is there, the execution just needs a little bit of work, but like you said, not everything can be perfect in that in that regard. So the, the, the power play will get there with time, and I have the utmost faith in Andrew Burnett to try to uh, just work something out of it, but it's head above shoulders way better than last year, but then again, doesn't really take much to fix what Mark Recchi broke. That was a low bar, but yes, they have exceeded it so far this year. Trey, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? So you can find me, my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, so T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T, and the number four, and the show's Twitter page, at Devils. and you can find Locked On Devils wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple, we're on YouTube as well, so Give give me a subscribe or uh, just follow, follow the show wherever you get your podcast from once again. Trey, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to World Cup soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you'll find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And hey, you could take your knowledge of the NHL and put it to good use. Check out the latest odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show my usual Friday co-host. Joining me here on the Monday show, Rachel Donner. Rachel, I hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving, but I know this is not an easy time for the Philadelphia Flyers. Ten losses in a row. I know injuries are a big part of it, but what has been plaguing this Flyers team over the last ten games after such a hot start? So I think that, of course, the unreal performance by Carter Hart in, in net, we knew that was never going to be sustainable. And if you looked at their play, even when they were winning and coming from behind, there was a lot of weaknesses to the game. I would say, especially defensively, that you know, overall, the Flyers have not been doing a good job keeping opponents away from high danger chances. 
they have not been good at just like a simple breakout. Like they're really good at getting sticks in and stealing the puck away, especially along the boards. Like their effort on the board battles have been really good. The problem is like once they get the puck, then they're not getting the support in order to do the next step, right? So they're like not getting solid breakouts. They're not maintaining possession at that point. And without the puck, you can't, take those shots and you can't create plays from that. So while there have been some bright spots, I would say overall just the gameplay has been bad and it's it's sort of spiraled at this point. And here we are with our third 10-game losing streak between last season and this season. We all know John Tortorella is known as an emotional coach. How is he handling this situation and what is he trying to do to improve it? Well, it's interesting because at the beginning of the season, he, you know, even though they were winning, he said, oh, we didn't play that great or we played mostly okay. And he would, you know, call out specific guys for playing well or specific guys for, you know, not stepping up or not putting the effort in. But once it became more of a team-based problem, he started to, you know, slow down with calling out individual players. He didn't want to throw them under the bus. And that's a very torts thing to do, Right is to be like it's a team effort or he'll shut down completely and tell the media like as he did this past weekend to like write their own stories you watch the game write your story <laughs> you know you don't need to hear from me and so i think he you know he's doing his usual thing about trying to deflect to some degree but it's also hard to suss out what he is specifically doing to try and improve this team I would say there's, you know, one problem is that he's been rotating a, a few guys between center and wing, and especially, uh, I would say, Noah Cates and Tanner Lazinski, who are younger guys, you know, they're full rookie seasons, and you need to establish them at a single position so they can adjust to the NHL level. And he's like toggling them back and forth between center and wing, and he says he wants Noah Cates to be a center, but... You know, if you play him at wing, sometimes he can't like get firmly planted. And so I think that's, you know, part of the problem as well. He's even put Kevin Hayes, who is a center center over at wing for a couple of games. And, you know, it's worked to some degree. Kevin Hayes has been consistently getting points on the board, but Kevin Hayes doesn't like it and it doesn't play to his strengths. Yeah, that's always a difficult situation. Special teams has been a problem for the Flyers. They're not ranked highly near the bottom of the league, both on the power play and the PK. Any hope for improvement in those areas? That's another interesting thing because Torts brought in Bradshaw and Rocky Thompson as the assistant coaches for this season. And, you know, Bradshaw coached with him in Columbus and he was supposed to be like, a PK specialist and, you know, Rocky Thompson had a good reputation for all around coaching. And so, you know, there was hope that special teams would improve, but they haven't. And to some degree it's, it's going to be because of the lack of the personnel available, right? You know, you don't have Travis Konechny, you don't have Cam Atkinson, you don't have Sean Couturier. I mean, Sean, Sean Couturier is, is the PK guy. He's your two way defensive specialist. Right. So I, I think you can blame the injuries to some degree, but there are personnel on the team who can play special teams and can play them well. I just think they're being used positionally incorrectly. And then, you know, 
they're just overwhelmed to some degree because they're facing teams who are just better. And I, I was actually quite pleased with the PK against the Isles up until a certain point where it just collapsed. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we mentioned injuries, eight players either on IR listed as out or listed as day-to-day. Are any of them close to coming back? Who who can get back into the lineup and give this team some reinforcements? So I think, you know, Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny are the closest to potentially coming back. We should get JVR back uh, mid-late December. Wade Allison is a question mark. Uh, Sean Couturier won't be until, you know, maybe right around the all-star break, I'm thinking. Uh, Ryan Ellis likely will never play hockey again. (laughs) So uh, we also have Bobby Brink, who's a a first-year player, but um, he'll go to the AHL team first for sure. As far as this team is concerned, give give fans of the Philadelphia Flyers some reasons for optimism. It could be one or two players who are really playing well, a young guy who's showing signs of realizing his potential. G- give me some reasons for hope. Owen Tippett is the first guy that comes to mind. Uh, you know, he came to the Flyers last season as part of the Claude Giroux deal, and he's putting in a huge effort every game. He is really strong on the forecheck. He can balance out the physicality with the playmaking and he just needs to be on target a little bit more with his shots. And I think he'll be in good shape. Got to ask you this. Uh, saw the game on uh, Saturday. Kiefer Bellows claimed off waivers from the Islanders. How has he looked so far for Philadelphia? I would say hit or miss. I think, you know, again, I think the effort is there and he just wants to contribute. Uh, I think he's a good guy. Um, I think that he's been in and out of the lineup. And again, it's hard to sort of establish yourself and your game and a spot uh, if you're in and out of of the lineup. And I'm sure that was part of the problem in uh, Long Island as well. Most certainly was. The goaltending situation, you mentioned Carter Hart. He got off to the hot start. He's cooled off a little bit lately uh they are, are they rotating goalies and and how do you see the goaltending looking going forward yeah i think we're just running into the same problem as we did last year is that the play in front of them are is just not quality enough to support the goaltending and you know that was one of the goals that tortorella had coming into the season was to make it so carter hart and felix sandstrom could just do their work and, you know, that hasn't been the case over the last little bit. I think both of them are making excellent saves and they're tracking the puck well. And they're just put in some impossible situations with some defensive breakdowns. You know, it, it's a tough job for both of them. And I think they're going to try and balance out the play a little bit more now. But they've been obviously wanting Carter Hart to play against the stronger teams and they're facing the stronger teams this week. So, uh, you know, we could be looking at a 13, 14 game losing streak before it's all said and done, but who knows, maybe they'll pull one out this week. We shall see. Rachel, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find Locked On Flyers, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. And you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. All right, Rachel, always a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you Friday. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Simply Safe. 
If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On NHL listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you get 24-7 professional monitoring agents using fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, and it captures critical evidence and verifies that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, and smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. They even have hazard sensors that detect things like fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Penguins, Hunter Hodes. And Hunter, five straight wins sandwiched in between two losses to Toronto. I don't think you have to play them more than once more this season. But uh, let's start with this. What were the Penguins doing better during that five-game win streak that allowed them to get back into the playoff hunt here in, in the Metropolitan Division? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. They they During their losing streak, they were still playing good at 5v5. It was just that their goaltending and their special teams were killing them. And one step, the penalty kill really turned it around. They've killed. They've gone back up to about league average at this point. They've killed off, I think, just a couple of games ago, it was about 24 of 26 uh, power plays. You couple that with better goaltending and the finishing is continuing to be fine. You know, you can rattle off some wins, and that's what the Penguins um, have been doing, honestly, over the last um, 10 games. They've won their 7-2-1 and two and one in their last 10. They were 7-1-1 and one and one in their last nine before losing to Toronto on Saturday night. And yes, three playing Toronto three times is basically the span of two, three weeks. I'm tired of it. I, they don't have to play them for the rest of the season unless they meet in the playoffs. So they got those games out of the way um, at the, at the start, but um, yeah, I mean, it's the fourth line has, I think also been a lot better compared to how it used to be at the start of the season. The top six is continuing to produce. Sidney Crosby is doing Sidney Crosby things as everyone could expect him to. Tristan Jari is starting to turn his game around a little bit. And you couple all that with the penalty kill being good, um, you know, they're starting to get some results that they should have probably gotten during the seven games losing streak. If they can just turn the power play around, yeah. I think it'll be that much, you know, tougher to beat. But you know, you can never win when both of your special teams units are bad. You can get by with kind of a mid power play, but if your penalty kill is also bleeding a goal or two against every game, you're going to look bad. And you know, so far these last seven to ten games. DK has been a lot better, which is really, I think, right of the ship uh, for the Penguins as, as, as well as them playing better at 5v5. Well, you certainly anticipated one of my next questions, which was what's wrong with the power play. And you look at the talent out there, uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, a lot of very familiar names. And yet right now, 27th in the league with the extra uh, attacker. What is going wrong with this Penguins power play? How long do you have? Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's I could write a novel about it. Uh, it's garbage. That's probably my best way to describe it. It's a garbage unit right now. Um, dumpster fire, whatever you want to say. The zone entries are putrid. They have to go backwards to go forward way too many times. Once they get in the zone, 
They're overpassing like crazy. You know, Crystal Tang hasn't had the season, the start to the season that I think a lot of us anticipated him having. That could be a bit part of it, but you know, they're still trying to Harlem Globetrotter it into the net, the top unit that is. And, you know, they're getting a shot on net. Puck's being clear right after that. There's just no sustained zone time for this unit. Um, for those who don't know, don't know, I am moving to Pittsburgh on in four days on Thursday. I would love to be able to get passes to go to these practices to see what if they're even practicing the power play at this point. Because <laughs> it looks like the same old unit that we've seen for the past three to four weeks now. It is pure garbage. And you know it's bad when the second unit is getting more chances than the first unit, which has three at least three Hall of Famers on it, you know, I, you know, Gensel and Russ, they're, they're probably not going to get to the Hall of Fame. Very good players, but, you know, you have three surefire Hall of Fame players on it, and it's looking like just utter awful. So you know it's bad when the second unit is getting, you know, m- better chances, and you know it's bad when late in the game against Philadelphia, Mike Sullivan, they get a power play. He's like, I'm not going to put my first unit out there. I'm going to go put the fourth line out there who's had a pretty good game, and they're going to take up the minutes on the power play. So he's definitely a bit fed up. They've been trying different combinations, putting Jeff Petrie at the point alongside Latang. What I think they should do is put Ricard Raquel up there. He's been one of the best forwards this season. You can go, you know, him with, you know, obviously Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and then Jake Gensel. I think that could maybe get it going, like how Raquel has gotten the top line going with Crosby and, and uh, Gensel. But it's just it's 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 very bad right now, and it's it's something that needs to change because Tar Reardon has been known to be a very good power play coach. He's been great with the defenseman, but for the power play, this is this is unacceptable uh, to say the least. This unit can't be this bad throughout the season because if it, if it was even league average, they probably would have a few more wins right now. No question, no question. You mentioned Latang. What's missing from his game so far this year? That he's not put up very Latang like numbers, and his plus minus is way off as well. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I, I, I don't know if he's hurt, but he doesn't look like he has his confidence right now. A lot of us thought that it was him due to playing with Brian Dumoulin, who had looked pretty washed up on the top pairing for a lot of the season. He was moved, so then everyone was like, okay, Marcus Pedersen goes up. He's been one of their most steady defensemen. Let's see how it goes. It hasn't really changed. Pedersen's played well. Latang hasn't. And I think I just think the game is too fast for him right now, which I don't think I've ever said, just considering how great he's been throughout his career. I don't know if it's his sign of old age that he's showing, but you know, he just seems to be second guessing himself in the defensive zone, not making the right reads. Hasn't been shooting the puck as much, though. That has changed over the last week or two. He's actually been starting to rip a few more from the point, quarterback in the power play a little bit better. Um, he, he just needs to really find his confidence and you know. Josh Yoey of the Athletic, he always has a great saying, the Penguins go as Crystal Tang goes, and I totally agree with that. He needs to find his game in short order because if he doesn't find it at any point this season, I don't think this team has any shot of making any noise in the playoffs, let alone potentially getting there. You know, they're in a spot right now because this 10-game stretch has really saved the season after that seven-game losing streak, but um, he just needs to do everything better at this point, whether that's defending in his own zone, carrying the puck up the ice, getting chances in the offensive zone, making good passes, with the puck and good decisions with the puck. Um, just none of that is there right now. And that's, that's not good for someone who just obviously signed an extension. It was the right move because there was no one that's going to replace him. But, you know, I, I, I try to be as objective as I can. He's been bad for most of the season and, he, and it needs to change. Give me the names of some players who have been a pleasant surprise and have contributed to the last 10 games of success that this team has had. Yeah, I mean, Brock McGinn was terrible to start this season, was really bad in the second half of last season, um, had a 
stretch where he scored five goals in seven games during this 10 game uh, stretch here for the Penguins. He's in one of their best fourth liners this year. Has that he's gone a cold for the last few games, but you know, it's a bottom six player. You know, you're going to have hot and cold stretches. He's played pretty well. Ryan Paling, I think, has also been playing his best hockey of the season as a Penguin. Josh Archibald, I think, is really starting to find his game a little bit. He already has four goals. Um, and then Teddy Bluger, he is the glue that makes that fourth line go. You could really see how much they missed him over those first handful of games to start the season. And also, you know, <clears throat> doesn't take a genius to see that the PK has also been even better. It was it was turning around before he came back, but you know when he did come back, it got that much better because because he is one of their best penalty killers. So he's been really good since coming back. Those are like the main depth players who I think have really been stepping up. I think Jeff Petrie starting, he's getting close to really turning it on. I think he, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was taking too many stupid penalties and not looking good in the offensive zone, but you know, he's been creative with the puck with moving it defensively. He hasn't really been caught out of position. You know, he's played consistent where I'm just, I'm waiting for that game where he really takes it over like he did um, in Montreal. Crosby is Crosby. He had a couple of games where a few games, I should say, where he wasn't looking um, right, but 27 points in 20 something games at this point, you know, he's on pace to have close to his 20. I think it would be his 18th or night. I think his 19th straight season of a point per game pace. Um, you know, that's, that's said. And then Gino has been awesome as well. Um, finally fully healthy, just had his 1000th game celebration, which was awesome. So yeah, but most of the top six guys, Jason Zucker, I should shout out as well. He's at a point per game pace this season. He has been outstanding for, I think he's their best four checker defensively. He's been making some great plays finishing wise. He's been awesome. He finally looking like the player that the Penguins thought they were getting um, just a few years ago. So I really like the play of some of those players. You know, the fourth line has been good. Last several games, it's really just that third line with figuring out who is going to play on that line and just seeing if anyone can be consistent. Because right now you have three players on that line who really aren't doing anything. And you also have someone who should be on the third line, but is making 3.2 million and he's a healthy scratch. And I think they're trying to find someone to take him. So um, again, a lot of the good depth players are playing well or a decent amount of them. And the top six, I should say, is also playing really well as well. All right, Hunter, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Penguins. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and all that. I'm hoping I can get, reach 1K subs by the end of the season. I think that was my goal. We're about 250 away at this point. So really excited about that. And I you know hopefully the show can hope I can go to a lot more games since I'm, I'm moving to the, the floor one, two in about a few days. All right. Well, good luck with the move and Hunter, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you. We want to thank you for making locked on NHL your first listen for your next listen. Check out the locked on sports today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank my guests, Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers, and of course, Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. Don't forget to join us here on Locked On NHL for the biggest stories from around the league every Monday through Friday. I'm Gil Martin. I host the Monday show, co-host the Friday show with Rachel Donner. Have a great day, and thank you for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.